Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're on a collision course for the national championship and only variable is time. Because the train is rolling, so anybody out there, I can't tell you what's going to happen right now, but it's coming. Get on board, but get out the way. That's what that is right there. We're coming like this, man. When you're like this, you can't be beat, baby! You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince LaCoco! Ladies and gentlemen, I now interrupt your programming to let you know that Louisville has won four football games in a row. Yes. Let's go. Yeah, louder, but my kids are asleep like 30 feet away. So <sighs> Jacob Lane, Vince LaCoco, Presley Meyer from the Pink Seats podcast. No Matt McGavick tonight. Uh, he's got crossover season. It is in full effect. Women's basketball last night. Men's basketball tomorrow. He had two media availabilities today. Work harder, Matt. Lamar Jackson used to wear a shirt that says, nobody cares, work harder. I'm going to get that shirt, and I'm just going to give it to you. because yeah, I'm tired you of your a little bit off of uh, you know Jeff Walls and those guys. Work is work. Yeah. Ever right, heard of Matt. it? Right. Matt needs to get a slide into the show. Here, what he here's needs. the deal. I think that we silently all agree that we're just going to roast Matt since he's not oh, for, And he's not going to listen. So he'll never <laughs> know. Because That's the best part. When he goes to, when he goes to media, any media availability and there's food there, he's Mr. Three Plates. Like, I'm Mr. Like, I might put like a little, uh, like yeah. some carrots and peas on my plate. He's like, no. Like, like I mean, y'all have seen on, on social media. I'm going to start posting Matt McGavitt cookie alert. Like if it's on like alert seven or above, like that means that he's like actually in a full jog. Here's the, here's what I have for you tomorrow night. He won't listen to this. So he won't know. I'm going to race him tomorrow night for cookies. And I need you to film it. it like find yeah. me, find him and then film us racing for the cookie and see. Who I'm on it. It's, that it's, is so, the content we need. Tomorrow night's going to be Louisville Bellarmine anyway. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be like 10 PM. Uh, everybody's just going to be like liquored up and just oh, have a little, time anyways. So little late night cookie action, huh? Late, late night cookies. Yeah. That's I right. A little late night cookie can, in the yum. If you can beat Matt McGavick, Jerry Eves and Eric Crawford all to the cookie table, then I will, I will personally give you a, a crisp $20 bill. You still moving like that to go get some cookies, man. Dude, McGavick Matt or me? No, I said Jerry Eves. Uh, <laughs> said Jerry Eves still moving like that to go get. Well, cookies? Jerry Eves doesn't give a shit. He's already in there, anyways. So. Yeah, he never came out to watch yeah, the game. Yeah. He's just been in the press room. Anyways, this this is way off topic here, but he I will race Matt tomorrow night for the cookie. That is happening. You're tuned in for a great show. We've gotten off the rails a little bit here early. We're going to get back on. We're going to get this show on track. That's what we're here to do. We're going to talk about Louisville football. Louisville football picked up a win over the weekend. I'm not going to call it a big win. Uh, in fact, it was sometimes you got to win ugly. The score, 34 to 10. Uh, but that is not indicative of what I think we saw for about three quarters of that game. We'll get into all the details in this episode. We're also going to have a second episode. The last couple of weeks, if you've been listening, you, you may have noticed 
The shows have gotten a little bit longer. Some have gone into the hour and a half, hour and 40. So we're trying to do our best here to kind of break it up for you so that it's not one long episode of four dudes just being boring. Like that, that's not what we're trying to do here. So we'll, we'll keep things spiced up. That's what's happening here on from the pink seats podcast. So in episode one, we'll talk about James Madison. Uh, we'll talk about the win for Louisville, what it means. And then in episode two, we'll dive into Clemson with our good friend, Gigi Robinson, former recurring guest. It's going to be great to have him on the show. Uh, we have not talked to him in a long time. I think it's been since very early and from the pink seats, uh, from the from the pink seats era that we had him on the show. But uh, we're going to dive into to Clemson, talking about everything that is that game on Saturday. Is Louisville uh, again faces the number ten team in the country, but this one's a little bit different. But uh, we're going to do the normal stuff here, right and wrong. We'll get into that here in a second. Uh, and then Vince's game notes, of course. Uh, want to make sure we get those segments as we do every week. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about some news that you may have seen online today. Uh, something that we are extremely excited to share, and that is that we have finally, after talking about it for a long time, uh, in fact, since this show started, um, uh, well, I shouldn't say since this show started, but about a year ago, I'll give you the backstory here in a second. Presley, you may not remember this, but Vince, this this is uh, pre-Vince, so this is actually kind of full circle here, but uh, we have come to an agreement on our first NIL deal, which I'm really excited about. And that is with our good friend, Isaac Martin. If you've listened to the show, you're probably very familiar with who that was before he caught the touchdown. But now we've been kind of waiting on this one to, to pop. Uh, we, we thought that a touchdown would come earlier in the season, uh, but it is it, it wasn't. I, Isaac left us waiting a little bit, but instead in game, uh, what is it, game number, game number nine, we get Isaac's first touchdown of his career. Uh, and it is a bobbling, bobbling catch into the end zone into the most manly spike. Oh. Uh, but no, we are excited to bring Isaac into the, from the pink seats family and the state of Louisville family. Isaac will be on the show leading into senior day. Uh, obviously you've seen the merch, which we would encourage you to go out, support Isaac, uh, and, and, uh, check that out at t-shirt hooligan. A big thank you to Alan and the team there for putting those together. Uh, but we're excited to have Isaac, uh, as a part of the family here, right? We're, we're just a, a big family of fullbacks and guys that aren't fullbacks, but that have the body weight of a fullback and me and Presley. Um, I was thinking earlier, what can we do? We should have made a video of me and Presley uh, and, and you and Isaac trying to run the Oklahoma drill together where it's just <laughs> one blocker, one ball runner. And then, you know, me on one side going up against the blocker and then Presley on the back to see what that would be like. But I thought, you know what? We don't want to die in our first denial. Let's, let's, say, wait, so let's it, wait. Let's wait. Is it me versus you? Or no, is it... it would be us two versus them. I think so, that would be the most comical. Okay. Well, I would like Isaac. I definitely would. <laughs> you want Isaac? <laughs> yeah. From a mentality standpoint, I'd rather take Isaac. You can have Vince. Okay. That's... Yeah. Isaac is out there blocking people and Vince does have two blown knees. I mean, those I'm are active. facts. I'm active now. I'm active. That's right. he, yeah, he's but... back in, getting into jujitsu. He's going he's gonna to get there soon. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh... Look, man, I'm telling you, Scott Satterfield just shut up a few years earlier, Vince. That could have been you, bro. You could have been getting the NIL deals for, for, for the uh, podcast yeah, for your blog. It could have been you. It could have been you. But no, in all honesty. That's good. That's this is this is great. another fullback, a part of the a part of the family. That's you right. And Isaac on at the same time, you're gonna get some great riveting freaking football talk of Isaac. What'd you do during this play? Well, I mean, I just ran into this guy. <laughs> I'm trying to find Vince. What'd you do? Well, I just I kind of ran into that guy. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that was a great play. My favorite Isaac Martin story. Okay, this is good. Uh, Let's this do goes, this. But this goes into high school, right? So uh, Isaac's a sophomore. Uh, this is uh, my junior year. Uh, we're expected to have a really good team, and uh, we're playing Fort Thomas Highlands in the spring game. And uh, Isaac's playing the outside linebacker, and we both ran a blitz. 
uh, he was weak. He was a strong side. I was the weak side and came blitz boom. And something happened in the play. Uh, Isaac comes up and he's like, Vince, Oh my God, my fingers, my fingers. How do they look? <laughs> Both his inside fingers are pointed, you know, his the wrong way. pointed right. And the other finger is pointed left completely like making a Texas longhorn hook them sign <laughs> and i'm like you need to go see the trainer on the sideline have both of them snap back in place and uh to this day still pretty freaking huge abnormally big for uh knuckles yeah i i think i could just see him just being like no nah, bro i'm good and popping those things right back there into place and then just playing the next play i uh, know the trainer had to pop them back in i can't remember if he came back in or not i was just ready to puke on the football field yeah, well, here's the story, okay? So in Presley, again, I don't know if you remember this, but about at this time, uh, well, I guess it was in July of 2021 when NIL went into effect uh, and everybody, it was literally like July 1st, July 2nd. These deals start flying. Matt McGavick's out here writing about, uh, you know, some random chip company in Nebraska signing an NIL deal with with uh, Luke Kandra and writing about, you know, somebody getting a car from a dealership back in the days of NIL. And it was that early. Right. We where we really just it, it was everything was new. The players went out and did their barbecue eating contest, all that stuff. Right. And personally, I had a conversation of how do we how do we get uh, into the NIL game? How do we how do we become trailblazers in this? How do we. How do we uh, kind of set ourselves apart? And we started thinking of, well, we're the state of Louisville, right? We have to, we have to partner with local athletes. That's our deal. And my first athlete suggestion, I shit you not, was Isaac Martin. And I said that because of the hair. At the time, I, Isaac had the hair oh. pulled back. And I'm like, dude, he's perfect. He's perfect. And we went through a bunch of players. Eventually, we're like, you know what? Let's just put this on the table. We'll come back to it. And look at us now. Look at us now, man. We got the NIL deal. Uh, and Isaac is a part of the family, and we are super excited about that, um, especially as we lead into, you know, the the final bit of his career. Sadly, you know, we're headed towards senior day. It's his last time with Clemson this weekend uh, and then the bowl game. So there's still a lot of time for him to put some memories out there for us, and and hopefully he'll do so. He'll do so wearing, you know, his gear into the game with our logo on the sleeve, and we can, we can point at the TV like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme and be like, that's us, that's us. <laughs> Oh man, I love that for so, us. So let me let me ask really fast. Uh, Isaac Martin is, is what went behind the cutting the hair? Was it the girlfriend? Like was she just like I just had enough? Or like I don't know. I remember, man. I've got a good picture of you for you all. Whenever me and Isaac were teammates at uh, at Louisville, it's it's where his Martha nickname originated from. Where uh, he went, we him and I and a couple other teammates went and did like a cuts for kids, uh, kids with cancer type deal on Four Street Live, and yeah. Isaac had the long hair, and he was like, "I just want you guys to like you know snip a little bit off." And the, the barber, <laughs> I'm using barber loose, very loose, volunteer, volunteer, yeah. I mean, straight bowl cut, exactly what you expect, like cut, like oh. Like, yeah. He looks like he looks like his name was Karen all of a sudden. Karen Martin. That that's where Martha originated from, and I mean he's been Martha ever since. So if we worked with our guys and and we made a a Martha Martin T-shirt, how do you think that would go over? I'd buy one. You did like twelve <laughs> former UML football players that would buy them. <laughs> I can promise you that. But okay, well I'm immediately texting our guy. Martha Martin needs to happen. 
and you need to send us the picture and then the long be, hair yeah yeah and on that. the on the back it would just say like you know can i speak to the manager like just like a bunch of just like just a bunch of martha slash karen uh phrases if you will all right let me ask you this so you've known isaac for a long time you i assume you know his parents his his mom and dad and siblings yep. obviously i know you know one of his siblings which yep. Last weekend, discovering that that was certainly uh, an wow. interesting discovery. Had wow. no idea that somebody we were with the previous weekend was Isaac's brother. Not a clue in the world. That went right over my head. Mom, on a scale of one to ten, how mad was she that he spiked the football? Is that a one being she was proud of her boy? Oh no, I saw her right after home? that. So I was my sitting, mom would be like, "That's cool, but it's a penalty." I, I was sitting with rules. my dad uh, and them in the corner of the end zone. That corner he scored in. And, you know, we went crazy and I immediately looked at him. I'm like, I'm going to sit with Max. Like, I got to find Max because, I mean, this is what we've been waiting on the whole year. And uh, on the way to see Max, the Lord Jesus intervened and I saw his mom and we were going crazy. His mom's a trip. She's so she's fun. So, I mean, she was going crazy. Uh, I mean, how can you be pissed? Oh no! I'm just—it's to- totally kidding. Like nah, just lightheartedness. Nah. But and I saw his. Da- I mean, his dad too. I mean, everybody was just—it uh, was cool to see the hard work and stuff, and even signing the NIL deal with us, seeing everything, like you all said, come full circle. Just a walk on from Louisville that wanted to go play college football. That's right. That's right. That's the story. Um, honestly, you know, in terms of the site and what it's meant to do, and I don't want to get on a tangent here, but. Uh, the whole point of the website, it's not just to cover Louisville football. It's not just to cover Louisville basketball. It's not even really just to cover the University of Louisville. It's the entire city and just the sports vibe that this town is. And guys like you, guys like Isaac, um, you know, guys and gals across a variety of different sports who play for Louisville, uh, they go to Louisville to represent their hometown. That's why I went to school at UofL Presley. I mean, I know we weren't athletes. You played golf at Spalding, but, you know, we, we represented for the school that we grew up loving. And that's what a lot of these athletes are. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the athletes we want representing our brand and representing and carrying the torch for, for our content. And Isaac is a great partner uh, and he won't be the last. That's certainly um, the case here across all of these podcasts across state of Louisville. Uh, this is just the first of many. So we are really excited about the opportunity to partner with student athletes and the opportunity um, to one, put money in their pockets. Like at the end of the day, that's, that's a great thing to be able to, to do that and help them. But also of course, you know, being able to promote and doing all that stuff that comes with an ILL. We're, we're really excited about all of that. So all of that to say, we got it right by signing Isaac off of his spike. Boom. Boom. And Boom. that's the perfect segue into right and wrong. The segment each week where we go back and we grade ourselves for our takes from the week prior. And this one was really boring, like straight up. Like it took me a little while to get through it. There were some good nuggets in there and we'll get through it. And I probably just ruined the segment for everyone. They're like, okay, why would I listen to a boring segment? But it was just, we were like so right sometimes that it, it's just like, okay, all right. Well, how you guys keep doing that? You know, it's not our and, fault. Sat listens to the podcast. It's he not might. our fault. He might. He might. So we'll go ahead and we'll jump right into this. Each week we start with the predictions part. I think that's always the best place to go. And this week we, we were fairly accurate. In fact, all of us got it right, obviously. 34 to 21 was the score I, I predicted. So technically, I guess um, I was close. Vince had 31 to 7. So, I mean, really, you're the closest. Three points off there. Wow. Uh, Look Presley. how far Vince has come from Look the Ole Miss game to this. All you AWLs have been listening since I hopped on here. 
Look how far we've come. That's amazing. Yeah, look at you now. You've gotten a couple in a row, right? And, you know, you're just like Louisville. You put the beginning of the season in the rear view, and it's a completely different narrative by the end of the year. Good good on us. 3-0 last week. But here's just kind of digging in a little bit into our predictions. Um, This is where we got it right and we got it wrong. I said uh, last week where I got it wrong was that the defensive line would have five sacks and that the defense would force three turnovers. Whoops. That they did not have any, no, neither of either is what they did this past weekend. Neither of either. Uh, so uh, for Louisville, it's, you know, get back up, bounce back. We'll see how it goes this weekend against Clemson. Where I did get it right is I said that Louisville would be too big, too strong, too fast, that they would wear the depth of James Madison down. And that's exactly what happened in the second half. We'll get into those details here in a little bit. Uh, but it was great to see Louisville really respond in the second half. Uh, Presley got it right with his score uh, or with his prediction of Louisville winning, but he did not get it right with his score, unfortunately, 42-28. But where he did get it right, he actually got both of them right uh, here. He said James Madison's going to come out with a little something-something, have tricks up their sleeves. And when I say that, no, they didn't have any trick plays really, but what they did was they completely flipped their offensive game plan. They completely did something that no one saw coming. Scott Satterfield even saw today. Uh, and I didn't notice it in real time. I, I was having such a good time at this game. This was the funnest game of the year for me, in my opinion. Uh, but they would hold the ball until five seconds before they snapped. I didn't realize that in real time. Uh, they And they never threw. They threw the ball, I think, six times overall throughout that game. And it was mostly in the second half. I think they had two. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They had two, they, they had two, the two players. They had two players catch a pass, and both of them caught two passes. And that's it. Yeah, they ran the ball, and I remember being in the stadium, and and I told Presley this, and I, you know, the other group of people that I was with, they're they are working against the aggression of Louisville's defensive line. They are they are taking them completely out of this game by just running the football over and over again. There's no way for them to get consistently get going and get into the backfield, and, and you know, obviously there was tackles for loss and things like that. But James Madison really did a good job of not throwing the football with, with Todd Santeo, which is what we came in saying he did. You know, he had multiple 300-yard games. He threw for two touchdowns in every game he played in. Uh, so that was really interesting. And then this is my favorite prediction of the, of the week. Presley got it right. He said, Duke Dog ain't seen what's coming. No, Duke Dog had no chance. Not a shot in the world for Duke Dog. Uh, Vince, uh, as I mentioned, 31-7, he got that right. Uh, and where he also got it right is he said, we're going to whoop James, Madison ass, James Madison's ass like we're supposed to. So there we go. Predictions, I mean, not bad. I was the only one that got something wrong in the predictions, but for the most part, we were right. So let's start at the top here where we got it right and wrong from everything else. Uh, last week, where Matt McGavitt got it wrong was by having Taco Bell before the show. Oof. Rookie mistake, Matt McGavick. Take it from a vet, as Drake says. That's a rookie mistake. Oh, Matt. Or just don't... have the mental toughness like myself to push through, Matt. There have been plenty, plenty of podcasts that where I have been, where you've sat been through. No, where I've had Taco Bell, I'm just tough. We're just mentally tough people to where we can eat Taco Bell sober at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday. Dude, if your stomach was your knees, you'd be in the NFL because you eat (laughs) – some of the things you've told me about what you eat is just ridiculous. This man will have ramen noodles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and be like, I've been shitting all day. I'm like, bro, no wonder, man. (laughs) Lunch, lunch, lunch. Vince's butthole is built different, all right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. So Matt McGavick got it wrong last week. Taco Bell. You noticed Matt McGavick wasn't there for predictions because the Taco Bell got to Matt McGavick, unfortunately. Uh, and also where Matt got it right was inviting us to his birthday party because, uh, and shout out to Mile Wide Brewery who got it right for having one of the best deals I have ever seen on beer and shots. 
seven dollar oh, beer and shot like old forester bourbon seven dollar brabble uh together one shot one beer seven dollars that's a win we got matt mcgavick drunk as hell and was he was hung over watching the nfl on sunday that's for sure that's for sure. yeah so we well, so the party no, that was, was on, on saturday on, jacob right right so the oh god was, oh yeah, god. the party was on friday i met up with matt at about uh 6 30 on uh on saturday to, to we went down on the field we were checking out the players what's the status of the quarterback you know just hanging out having a good time and I'm just looking at this guy, and I'm like, this is the most hungover MF I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's out, he, he was grinding. Like, he was grinding on Saturday, which that's us. We all, we did that. Yeah, if you sell a, if you sell a beer and a shot in a deal, Jacob and I are just going to take the beer, and we're just going to give you the shot. Yeah, so we just kept buying the beers and just giving the shots to Matt. Matt probably had, for me alone, at least three shots. And this is Old Forester. This is not... This is not Kentucky Gentleman. This is not some cheap oh, whoa, whoa. We're well gonna be, bourbon. We're not going to be shitting on the KG right here, man. Oh, I mean. The J-Town and you Jacob. just came out so Jacob. fast, man. Oh my, God. oh, my goodness. I love that. All right, let's keep it moving here. Where Presley's friend got it wrong. I want to introduce Mr. CJ, right? And that is first name, CJ? That's correct. That's, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, I want to introduce CJ to right and wrong. His first appearance. Presley said last week, since we were 18 years old, He's told me he hopes to God, and I capitalized to God here the way you emphasized it last week, that Louisville never plays JMU because they don't get upset. Your friend was wrong, and in the words of Lachlan McLean, you need to get a better friend because he was wrong. <laughs> you need to get a better friend. Uh, CJ, buddy, if you're listening, we understand you started the most games in, in history for Morehead State, but but be better with your predictions, man. If yeah, only so, you were as good of a predictor as you were a football player. And, and he does deserve a shout-out, so the Phillips family deserves a shout-out. Um, third most tackles on the team, Andrew Phillips, number three in tackles uh, for, for Kentucky, had a couple QB hurries uh, on Saturday Saturday against Missouri that made the difference. That's your the only – shut up, shut up. That's your only Kentucky mention of the show. That's my Stop only it. Kentucky mention. That That's it. it. But we cheer, we cheer for number 23 in this household. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Okay. I will give you that. All right. Where I got it wrong. And Vince, you weren't sitting with us at the time. So you won't, you won't get to, to, to enjoy this moment as much as Presley did, but first and 10 of the game, James Madison hands off the ball. I think he gets a first down or close to it. And uh, I don't, I, I, I apologize. I don't know the PA announcer's name, uh, but he says, uh, you know, and that's a seven yard game from Percy Asai Obase. And I look at Presley and I say, it wasn't obese. I got that one wrong. And sure enough, I said last week on the show when I mentioned it that I would 100% be on right and wrong this week, and sure enough, I was. I said obesi and and obese, and it, it was ob ob essay ob essay. So I, I apologize to Mister Percy Ajay Obesay, way off on his name. It's almost weekly that I'm wrong on a name, uh, but where I bounced back and got it right is I said that I thought that Coach Satterfield. Uh, knows what James Madison is going through in terms of transitioning up. I thought he would put together a game plan that tests the depth of James Madison. I thought that they did that almost perfectly in the second half of being able to just attack them over and over and over again. Where Presley got it right, he said everything Louisville, Force, Wake Forest, and Pittsburgh uh, into will be very difficult to force James Madison, Madison into in these situations. That was a good. That was a really good thought because we went into this game really talking last week about that offensive line. To which Presley, I mean, he was Tim Sullivan down there on that field, man, in terms of his investigative reporting. Matt McGavick, if you're listening, you've got to get your J up 
in this moment. Presley is inching closer in the J battle uh, because Presley was down there scouting offensive linemen. He's trying to figure out if that left tackle and those right tackles were playing. Uh, and every couple of minutes, Presley would report back. Oh, I, he's down there. He's working out. He's not down there. I haven't seen him yet. Uh, and so Presley uh, was on that, even though we thought, or I shouldn't say we, I thought that Louisville was going to just eat that offensive line to, to pieces. But Presley, kudos to you, man. Good good job on your J this week. Much better Jang than, than Matt McGavick. Um, where I got it wrong, and I'm a frequent I'm a frequent uh, visitor to the wrong department this week. And Vince, I apologize, man. We don't. We, last week you weren't right or wrong. You were just you were just there in a lot of instances. Hey, uh, you so you, you said know. I was right twice, so I mean yeah. that counts. I'm technically two and zero. I'd be, I mean, I guess two for two. Let's say that I'd be in the baseball hall of fame. Yeah. So this one is more of just me in the stadium. I, I don't know if it's a vision thing. There, there was a lot of people, but I can't find people in the stadium. I get lost almost weekly at this point, uh, transitioning between two groups of people in the stadium multiple times. Couldn't find that group once I set out to get them when I would leave my seat, seeing where they were, and then get closer to those seats and then un- be a- unable to locate those people. Uh, it was a disaster for me trying to find my friends on Saturday. I, I was... I was all, and I wasn't even Aww. like, I wasn't even like torched. I was good. I was good. I was totally fine. I just couldn't find anybody. Not, not a strength of mine. Definitely a me problem there. Uh, where I got it right <laughs> though. I said the defensive line would be aggressive uh, and gets to the quarterback may not be right away, but they'll get there referring to James Madison's defensive line, three sacks on Saturday. It didn't seem like that in real time, but uh, they were making plays and it was really Malik uh, stepping into sacks more so than it was them getting there. If you go back and you kind of watch that, Malik would have time in the pocket. That's what I said, that James Madison may not get there on that first rush, but if the quarterback's reading the defense and their their defensive backs weren't bad, um, that, that they get there a lot of the time. Uh, for the sake of speed, we'll skip through some of these uh, because it's just me at this point, uh, for the most part, getting it right and wrong. I talked a lot. I told you all this last week. I got to stop talking so much uh, so that you guys can have more opinions here. But uh, we'll, we'll finish it on these two right here. I got it wrong. I said I didn't feel confident as Malik as a passer and the receivers getting open. Uh, and sure enough, they, they definitely proved me wrong. But at the same time, which this feels like a little bit of a contradiction, I said that uh, my where I got it right for the final time, as I said, that it was going to be important for Malik to pick his spots. The opportunity was going to be there for him to continue on the path they've been on the last few weeks um, in terms of passing. We've seen them improve week week to week since really Virginia passing the football. Um, and then I said that the game would be close to the first half. Louisville would pull away in the second half and it would be Malik's best game of the year. And that's yep. right and wrong. So we'll finish on a strong note there. Uh, not bad. We, we got to do better this week. So we, we definitely uh, will have those takes here. I, I have a feeling that, that there's a chance Gigi Robinson will appear on right and wrong next week. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. He's either going to be really right or really wrong. We'll find out, uh, which <laughs> I would encourage you to, to check out episode two here for the Clemson preview after this episode, but let's try, let's dive into James Madison, fellas. Um, I'm really excited for Vince's game notes with this one because the game was just yuck. Like it, it was just a yuck game. It was fun, but James Madison really came in and said, we're going to make these people miserable. We're just going to run the football. That's all we're going to do. We're not going to throw the football. Uh, we're not going to do anything exciting. We're just going to run the ball inside outside zone. Um, and they did a lot of that. And uh, they, they did it well in the first half. Louisville struggled to, to really tackle, but overall Louisville wins the game. Uh, they pull away in the second half, and the second half of games have become much friendlier to Louisville. Uh, they went 34-10. to 10. Malik Cunningham leads the way there from a passing perspective. His uh, best game of the year with three touchdowns. Uh, leading the rushing was Tyon Evans and Gerard Jordan, both over 100 yards. Their first uh, dual 100-yard game. 
this year, this season. And then Tyler Hudson goes for six for 142 and a touchdown. So Vince, let's talk about the game notes this week. Um, what do you got, man? I, I just, I feel like Louisville won by a lot of points, but I feel like the film probably is not going to be very pretty. It's time to get down to brass tacks. It's Vince's game notes with Vincent Lacoco. Oh yeah, it's definitely not one of those games. Uh, and I mean, I could just I could tell just by not even having like the play call sheet in front of me. Like it, it probably was a rough Sunday for them. Uh, I mean, yeah, you won, great job, but that there's just so much stuff to clean up in that game. And uh, kudos to JMU. I mean, like like you said, Jacob, I didn't even think about it. In that way, with them running the football that much, I mean, I didn't even really notice that they weren't throwing the ball. Uh, but it makes sense trying to take their D line out of the play. Let's start with uh, our, you know, big time NIL guy, Isaac Martin, on that touchdown. I, I mean, <laughs> he bobbled it all the way to the back of the end zone. I mean, he had to toe tap to keep it in. But uh, I mean, it, it's a play that you've been hoping for Malik to hit to somebody outside of Marshawn Ford since 2019 i mean it's that it was nothing different it is a rollout pass that malik decided decided you know i got somebody in my grill i can dump it right here so that's that's what he did if you see within those first two steps of malik it's a stop and he's turning and throwing the ball to isaac and i mean he didn't have to throw it that hard either isaac had like nobody around him no let's talk about that for a second man that was a dart (laughs) isaac doesn't catch that football and that nil deal sorry isaac it's not (laughs) I'm totally kidding, but that, I mean, we talked about earlier in the season, I think it was the first episode where we had Ian Pfeiffer on and we talked jokingly about how Sat doesn't call the play for Isaac because Isaac can't catch the football. Like we, we jokingly talked about that earlier this season and he almost proved that to be true, but yeah. he held on, man. He bobbled it and it was the bobble into the spike is a, a, fr- a frame of about a 20 second window that is going down and, and just and and glory of Louisville football. It, it's, it's the greatest it's, spike. It's, oh, in shit, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Hell yeah. Boom. Yes. And the, the, like, I wish that I had the video editing skills. I need to get one Tanner Provis visual on this to, to take the football and turn it into Thor's hammer when it hits the ground and just have it just absolutely blow up Cardinal stadium because he spiked that ball with the anger of 500 men. Like it was just the power from the top down that ball just straight into the ground. The, the form would make Rom Gronkowski very happy. So, so moving on from, uh, from Isaac, I mean, we could probably talk for an hour about that play, but uh, what I enjoyed uh, was how we were setting up our pass game off of the run game, uh, particularly with a, play with Braden Smith early on in the game you saw it we ran a fly motion with a run play and then following that play was a that same motion which was an indicator and Malik was able to tell early on before the ball is even snapped I'm hitting Braden right here which is good you know shows our quarterbacks learning more and continuing continuing to evolve uh JMU touchdown that they had in the first quarter, second quarter. I'm not sure which one it was. Uh, guys, it, it was terrible, terrible tackling. And it's usually one guy in the hole that's either one arm tackling or two not shooting their hips. 
And I don't know if you guys notice it. Whenever you're supposed to do a, like a proper form tackle, it's just like a hand clean. That's why football players do it so much because you're coming up underneath and through that guy. But you, you'll really be able to tell it because a guy's butt will be stuck all the way out and his face will be like crunched up trying to make the tackle. And it just doesn't look natural. Uh, you saw that several times on that specific drive and even, you know, more in the game with how much they were running the football. Uh, personally, I think we need to get T. Huddy the ball more on curl and short route stuff to where he can get – or not short route, I would say more intermediate passing game is is his money, his bread and butter, those crossing routes. Like I said, a curl route. Uh, he had that great one last game uh, where he broke the dude off, and, I mean, he almost went for six. If that dude didn't have such a good angle on him, he was, he was gone, and that was going to be – play of the game place would have all 3000 people would have erupted in that stadium. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, come on, I'm, I'm giving a shit. Wildcat Matt has made his appearance on the show. <laughs> Wildcat it bothers me. Somebody's got to point it out. All right. You want to put that? We could, we could have put that on right or right or wrong. We just beat a freaking top 10 football team. We just beat a top 10 football team. Storm the field, have one of the best nights ever. I get people not wanting to go to that game. I get it. A lot of people didn't think we were going to win. We thought we were going to win. And, mm. you know, this game was to go bowl eligible for a team that everybody counted out. How, how people aren't showing up to games whenever there's an $8 ticket deal, too. That's what's baffling. That's an, it's an $8 ticket deal. I'm calling every single one of you all out. Go to the damn football games and support these freaking football players. So the the final the final tally was the final tally was I got thirty two tickets in the in the people's hands that had not been to a game yet this season. That's ridiculous. You should not have to do that. I shouldn't have to do that, but like I, that's how much I care about trying to get people into seats. I will say there was a conversation about this today. Um, I was listening to Marcus Maven's show, and and the pretty much the entire show was was about, you know, a, a attendance and why is attendance down. If you take out 2013, which was the year that after the Sugar Bowl, the Louisville was in the ACC, that was their best attendance year by far. It was post expansion. Charlie Strong built up to his final year, where their only loss was against Central Florida. And they had like right at 54, 55,000 every game that season. Since then, uh, Louisville set the record against Notre Dame. It was the, the first year of the expansion and Satterfield's first year in 2019. And they had 58,000 people. Outside of that, though, Louisville, the, the, the second most attended game outside of that during the Satterfield era was Florida State this season. So, like, there's not been a lot of. You know, just, just since Satterfield took over, it's just been very consistent uh, since the stadium expanded. 48,000 is a pretty standard number. If Louisville has 48,000, that's a pretty standard game. That's like a conference game against like a Wake Forest. Uh, a any Anybody except for Florida State or Clemson. So it's like a con- – or, or Kentucky. It's like a conference game against uh, a Wake Forest and NC State. Virginia, Virginia Tech, like Pittsburgh, that's the type of crowd you should expect is 48,000. That's what Louisville takes to the games. That's just what it is. So when the conversation comes to uh, this or that, like 
Yeah, 42,000 against James Madison isn't great. It's not elite. It's not, you know, top of the line. We should expect better. But it's not like the end-all, be-all, like the, the attendance was just awful. Like, it was raining. Louisville City was in the conference finals. They had 11,000 people there. I know it's Louisville City, but, like, people have Louisville City season tickets and Louisville football season tickets. If you and even then, have to debate uh, on which one you're going to go to in that situation, just go to the Louisville City game. I don't even want you. Yeah, and, and, then, uh, and then Breeders' Cup. Breeders' Cup was the other thing, too. And the rain. made it back in time. And it was supposed to rain. Like, if you saw me, I, I showed up like I was about to ride a horse in the Breeders' you know, Cup. You know how these people show up? I mean, and there's only one way a bunch of these people are going to show up, and that's Jeff Brown being our head coach. Yeah, well, that's not going <laughs> to happen. There's so many people that are butthurt that Scott Satterfield's winning freaking football games and stuff. That well, they're just I not going to show up. They that's get, it. I mean, that's I'll it. keep taking your. I'll keep taking your nice seat. There's a. There's Y'all a can contention. Keep giving them to me. I don't care. I mean, so so number one, and, and and then Jacob, you can take back control of this podcast. But number one. Um, if Louisville beats Clemson, Scott Satterfield's getting an extension and it's probably going to be at least two years, probably three years. And number two, there is a contingent of people out there that are just like, I'm just not going back for Scott Satterfield no matter what, regardless of if, you know, they beat a top 10 team for the first time in, in six years, regardless of if they have a four game winning streak for the first, winning streak for the first time in his, his tenure. If Louisville beats Clemson, they're going to break a 38 game winning streak. They're they're gonna beat Clemson for the first time in school history. If they beat Clemson, that changes everything. And we'll get into that with Gigi, and and we'll save that for that. But that's something to keep in mind as well. Louisville has look. I mean, the history is indicated. There are forty to fifty thousand people that are willing to go to any and every Louisville football game if they're decent. I think that that's what we can take away from this. From when the stadium was just held 42,000 people, when the stadium held 55,000 people, now when the stadium holds 62,000 people, regardless of what it is, there is a group of people that has been there since 2000 until now that will attend the game, 40 to 50,000 people. If it's slightly below 40, like it was against Wake Forest as well, it's because you've, you're two and three or whatever it was, three and three. And if it's slightly above 50,000 people, you're probably playing Kentucky, Notre Dame, Clemson, Wake, uh, Wake Forest, uh, or, or or Florida State, like that's that's the rule there. Yeah, that's the rule of thumb, and that, that's wrong, our fan man. base. That yeah. that's that's the fan base. I think that's what we should roll with as far as attendance. Yeah, and I want to make sure that you know, obviously, that we present all sides of that argument because I agree. You know, it's at this point the tickets are cheap. Football is just fun. Like, I mean, I know obviously we all want to win, but football games are fun. But at the same time, just to kind of present the the counter argument to that, I think there are still a lot of fans who are having a hard time buying back in because they've bought in so many times to only have their heart snatched out from underneath them. That's not how that works. Your feet would be snatched out from underneath you. Your heart snatched from your body by Scott Satterfield's teams in the fourth quarter against teams they should be beating. And, And so that's where I think, you beat you beat Clemson and then NC State. I think you're talking about 50, 50,000, 55,000. I think you're talking about a great crowd for the first time in a couple of years. Because then at that point, Louisville's probably ranked. You're talking about maybe doing a New York a New Year's Six Bowl, which you know that sounds crazy to talk about, but it's not out of the the realm of possibility here. Um, and, and all that stuff that goes into it. So, anyways, tenants numbers aside, Vince, back to the game notes. Yep, yep. I have my tangent and my rant. 
Uh, it was so, appreciated. Uh, Thank you. Yes. I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, well, I appreciate both of your all's opinions too, except yours, Presley. <laughs> uh, so back on track, I, red zone guys, I, scoring in the red zone has, I think, become a problem for us. I think I'm officially ready to admit it. You know, uh, there, there's no reason we should be walking away with that many field goals in the first half against JMU. Uh, if you want to beat Clemson on Saturday, that's not going to get it done. Nope. They, you you will need to score. Uh, as Jacob likes to say, we need sexy Scott Satterfield. Mm-hmm. Need, we, need, you say that. that. You say that, and I get excited <laughs> for you. I get I I you hype me up like when you say that. It's like well, we need we need that. There, there's no reason the creative creativeness uh, should go away whenever we get in the red zone. That's when you can be the most creative, in my opinion. You can do because teams aren't. You know, they're expecting you to be generic and bland. And there's, okay, Scott Satterfield has his red zone package. That's what they're expecting. But, I mean, if we come out and do something different where we have Marshawn and Isaac in there, and, I mean, at this point we've done one touchdown pass to, Mar- uh, to Isaac in six years and uh, however many to Marshawn by now, people are going to play Marshawn in the passing game before they play Isaac. That's just how it is. Or same thing with Dwayne Martin, Josh Lipson, Francis Sherman. Those guys, you can get that tight end group the ball uh, in so many different ways. Outside Where the hell of the- is Des Melton at, man? Somebody put him out on the field and throw him the football. Like, I mean, yeah, dude, come on, you're you're I mean, totally right. Yeah, there, there's uh, there's plenty of different ways, and it's, that's really what's frustrating. Uh, guys, Tyon's big run was awesome. It was set up by a great block from Sherm and Isaac, and uh, Caleb Chandler was really the one that sealed the deal on that play. If you watch him, he gets the second-level defender on that, and that's what springs Tyon for that touchdown. It's just for a split second. Uh, he freaking – he locks up with him, and you just see Tyon go 60 yards, to however many yards it was down the field. 75 yards. 75? 75. The longest, I think it's the longest play of the season for Louisville. I'm almost hey, positive. Did you see him look up at the scoreboard, Jacob? I did not. I did he not. But that's wasn't looking awesome. back. That's, looking back. That's that great. Didn't pull Jalen Mitchell. Yeah, I, I do want to go back real quick to the conversation about the red zone offense, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. Um, and, and we really won't get into that this as much as we should have in the conversation with Gigi about Clemson, but something's going to have to give on Saturday with the red zone specifically, because these are some interesting stats to throw out. Like this is a battle of two teams who are good on one side and not good on the other. And it's, it's, you know, opposite. So on, on the offensive side for Louisville, you mentioned they struggle in the red zone. They do like they have been um, not even average. They're 77th in the country. Um, and that's just including field goals and touchdowns. We well, talked about it last week. When you take away the touchdowns, they're much worse, but Clemson's, uh, red zone o- offense is fifth in the country and they score a lot of touchdowns, 30 touchdowns in the red zone this season. But on the other side of the ball, this is where it's interesting, dude. Like this is going to be, I think a game that could be dictated in the red zone is that uh, Clemson's red zone, red zone Z- defense is 78th in the country. They are not good at stopping teams in the red zone. And by golly, would you believe it that Louisville's defense in the red zone is fifth in the country? So yeah, you're talking about you got an opportunity here as an offense to prove that you can score in the red zone, and then as a defense that you can hold up against a team that that's you know one of the best in the country at scoring in the red zone. How about that? Just an immovable object against an unstoppable force of sorts, or however yeah. you want to swing that saying or whatever. That's fair. That's fair. But it, it's just that kind of detail that you don't really think about overall when you're talking about storylines in a game. 
you talk about the importance of them in the Clemson, the field goals. The field goals can't happen against Clemson like they did against JMU and Wake because Clemson's going to score touchdowns. Like that's just that's the way it's going to go. You can't lose the game that way. A handful of them, not even a handful, one or two uh, in the right situation, getting that first one, getting on the board early and getting a field goal and your first drive in the first quarter. Cool, man. That makes sense. Let's get some points up, get the defense out there, not give the not mm-hmm. give them good field position, and you know, let's keep it rocking and rolling. But we just can't keep drive after drive after drive doing field goals. Uh, continuing on with the game. Uh, but real quick, I, before before you do that, I just want to make sure I ask about the other red zone opportunity. I don't. I want to make sure that it's on your list. Are you going to get to the other red zone Ari's opportunity? Touchdown? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah. Continue. So. Play of the night, in my opinion, uh, was Malik hitting Tyler Hudson on that uh, pass. It was Luke Hancock highlighted, highlighted it earlier today, said it was his best uh, best pass of his career. I mean, recency bias, I would go with him on that just because I – Agreed. I mean, that, that, well, still, his best I don't know, pass, man. His best Some pass, favorite pass is Tutu Atwell against Syracuse where it went from sideline to side – or from hash to hash. Malik threw. I mean, Tutu caught it like sixty yards, seventy yards downfield. That was from like our own five. Can I can I interject real fast though, and and say that that was a Malik pass that we have not often seen, perhaps maybe ever seen, and that they, you and I can go out in the parking lot at Cardinal Stadium and heave a ball 40, 50, 60 yards in the air if we put air under it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when, when you look at me, when you go out there and you see, you know, if we play golf with a guy who's 6'6", and he just beats the shit out of the ball, but he's sitting line drives the entire time. If you go out and watch me, right, what do I do with, with a golf ball? I hit it really high. And why is that? You just hit it better than me. Well, yeah, that too. But regardless of that, my point is, when you're, when you're putting air under the ball, you're giving the time – you're giving the ball more time to travel. You're giving more room for error, right? You're giving the ball can go a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and the wide receiver can get under it. And Tutu Atwell, um, and and I'm gonna why can I think of his name? Number eight from last year. Tyler Harrell. Ty, yeah, Tutu Atwell and Tyler Harrell could could very could imp- improvise very well with that sort of stuff, right? Uh, where they could they could run underneath the ball, where they could play a ball in the air. Louisville doesn't have that guy necessarily this season, but they do have a Tyler Hudson where if you can, if you can throw a strike, Tyler Hudson is going to make sure that he catches the ball. He has an excellent catch radius. He exhibited that three or four times against James Madison. He has all season. He hasn't dropped the pass all season, knock on wood. But, but regardless, I think that that was, a pass that we had not seen yet from Lee Cunningham where he really, he stepped into it and threw a dart. And that's the difference between we've seen, he, he can throw the bomb. If, if timing is not necessarily involved, he can throw the bomb, but we haven't seen that Lamar Jackson, that Josh Allen kind of step into it and just throw a laser, you know, that Patrick Mahomes throw a laser where only your receiver is going to catch it. And he did that multiple times uh, to, to Tyler Hudson on, on Saturday night. I think that's a great improvement. 
the the cool part about that play, Presley, I mean, you mentioned it, uh, was his hitch up. Whenever he hitched into that, uh, I think it was on like his third or fourth step and just really came through everything and you saw him just – I mean, it was a strike, bro. It, it, it was a strike. I mean, I it, it's probably up there for his best ball. You right, could definitely right. make that one or two with him. I think it's a, I think it's a top five ball of his career. I really do. And that was after a first half uh, where we were really kind of critical of, of his passing game. I mean, to, to be real, to be realistic and to be honest with you, I think that Malik short armed a couple of balls in that first half that could have changed the, the first half as a whole. Uh, I, I think Tyler Hudson really stepped up and kind of saved the day for Louisville. Uh, but it was also a thing where I think, you know, I think Malik, when he realizes that he just has to step into a pass and he has to really just execute, I think that he can absolutely do so. And I think that's that's such a big deal for Louisville. I think if he does that against Clemson, um, I, I think that that could go a, a long way towards towards getting a W. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. It, him, him, Malik having the right footwork and being able to hit those passes, and, you know, it's just as big having a guy like Tyler Hudson who can bring those in for you. I mean, we haven't always had that, you know. Uh, even Dez was notorious for it, for having open hands whenever he's catching a football and uh, having drops. But uh, moving on from that play, we'll keep it going. Uh, man, Presley, you'll like this one. I made this note. Uh, JMU has hard runners. We have a Debo. <laughs> Dude, yes, yes. I like, love that. I, I mean, he is – I mean, the kid is a rock. He is just everything he sees, he's hitting it and he's hitting it hard. And uh, eventually that's going to wear down uh, defenses and teams. It's really awesome and encouraging to see uh, see a linebacker that we haven't seen since. I, I mean, I'll go as far back to like Keith Kelsey and James Burgess and those guys, somebody who's not afraid to shoot gaps and make TFLs. Uh, love C.J. Avery and Dory Jones to death, but they were more of a lateral, it felt like linebackers not so much of a downhill i'm gonna this is my play to make uh type guys and that's what that's what you see from debo so let me ask you this real fast uh because you know i've I've talked about a little bit i'm looking at next year's roster i'm looking at 2024 do you think that debo jones can step in and effectively fill the role of of yasir abdullah i i don't not on the outside no yeah no, yeah. he, he's an he's an inside linebacker, so he's gonna be, he'll be your just your every down Mike linebacker probably. I'm not sure which one he. Pl- I think he plays the weak side with Momo playing the strong side now. Right, and but, and, and with and I know that's a, a tough question because with Brian Brown's defense, it could vary really depending on if it's a passing play, a rushing play, if yeah. it's a, if it's third and long or first and first and five, like it can definitely vary. Uh, you know, the, the, the sets can vary for sure. But um, I, I guess my question is more, you know, Louisville's going to lose Yasir Abdullah and Monty Montgomery next season. They're going to lose Momo Sanogo. So really they're going to lose their first string linebacking core. And, and so my concern is can Debo replace uh, one of those guys? Like, can he step in? Will there be a lack of a drop off there? I, I don't think like, Leadership-wise, playmaking-wise, I don't think there will be a drop-off of Dorian Jones. I mean, the kid is – he. you guys have just seen what he can do with the run game and things like that because, I mean, we do have the luxury of having Monty, and he is a better runner than Debo is. But Debo can run. 
he he can cover people. He he can be that every down inside hold it down for his linebacker. And I mean, if we're talking about next year, man, we got Popeye Williams waiting in the gun club, ready to freak yes. out on some people. So I'm ready. I'm so, ready. So what uh, else I, we got for this game? What else? Jacob would kill me. Kill me if I didn't mention it. The Mari Huggins of Bruce route. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. In the red zone. It was a it was a great route by Amari. And it's really all in the details whenever you're looking at this play. He sells the route vertical, which is exactly what you want to do, even if you're in that that short of a you know distance to the end zone. You still want to sell the route vertical because they're gonna be able to, you know, come and break it off in front of you, get an interception, PBU, anything. So he sells it vertical. And what you see a lot of wide receivers do, and this is where you get the pass interference calls, they push off with the hand, mm-hmm. but you see and go pay attention. Amari uses the elbow and yes, he does get a little bit of the hand extended, but if you use the elbow and dig into him a little bit and get just a little slight push off with that elbow, mm-hmm. you, you can get away with extending a little bit. And that's where the separation comes. And I mean, shoot, we're talking about that ball where Malik's stepping up and delivering a good one. Throwing one in the back corner like that. A dropping it in the bucket is just as impressive in my book, if not harder, because of how touchy you have to be uh, in getting the ball in into the wide receiver. Well, and that was that was a fourth down call. That was kind of a stubborn call by Satterfield, right? Like like Louisville was up twenty seven to ten at that point. They could have gone up thirty to ten, but but Scott Satterfield said no. Like we need to work on this. Like he's we, just lighting the scoreboard up. A little bit, but it was more of like an appeasement. Like it was an appeasement to the fans, and it was kind of an appeasement to him and the team. It was like, you know, they they've just failed so many times in the red zone this season. He was just stubborn. It was like fourth and six, like his fourth and goal from the six, I believe. Yeah, and and he was just like, no, we're scoring. Like we are getting a touchdown. We're not taking another goddamn. Hey, I respect it with how bad we've been in the red zone, bro. I mean, you gotta. You got to really think about it like that. Uh, man, what, what bothered me the most out of this game had nothing to do with Louisville's play and everything to do with the conduct of JMU as players after the whistle. I mean, yeah. that play – and, you know, I really, play, I really paid attention to it in the condensed game whenever I was watching it back because I, I wanted to see if there was something leading up to that where guys pushing it, and, and they were. Guys were yeah. pushing and shoving. JMU was a very chippy team, as you expect of one double A school coming up to you know play the big dogs and play some real big boy football. And uh, you know they got little brothered and the little brother gets frustrated sometimes and throws people into walls and does extracurriculars that isn't needed. And their fans throwing stuff on the field wasn't very classy either. Uh, yeah. it, it was weird. Weird. That was my only really complaint. Over my overall thoughts of the game, Presley or. Uh, I thought it was a great game. Did exactly what we were supposed to. Good, which, like I said last week, was coming out whooping JMU's ass. Uh, I'm frustrated at the red zone efficiency with our team. We need to get more consistent. Uh, if, if we come out and we kick three field goals against Clemson, then the first half we're going to lose that game. Yep. yep. Uh, I mean, it, does, it just is what it is. Uh, defensively, uh, still need to clean up the open field tackling, which is frustrating as hell. Uh, too many times we'll hit a r- running back on the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage, and they're breaking it for positive gain. Uh, if we clean those little things up, the smaller details within the game, 
like I've said a hundred times on the show, it's like really three to four foot four plays in a game that's like affecting the whole outcome. Oh, yeah. Yes, you're out. Yes, your effort. But like, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in game prep, it's really only a handful of plays that's gonna matter. Yep. So it's it's all in the details, and I I'm happy we got this win, and I'm excited to roll into next week. Uh, very optimistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 players left the coaching staff with plenty of, of things to, to pinpoint, which is great. You don't want to go into the, to a game against the, probably the best team you'll play all season. Um, just thinking that it's all sunshine and rainbows. So I, I think it's great that, that there were plenty of things that, that the staff uh, and those around the program can pinpoint. Um, I, I, I'm just really excited to looking forward to this Clemson game. If you're a little fan, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, we're, we're, we're rolling right into a podcast with former Louisville defense flyman Gigi Robinson, where we're going to preview Clemson football. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be having that on next. Until next time, Presley Meyer, Vincent Lococo, Jacob Blaine 08 on Twitter. Let's get out of here. Go Cards. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.